Welcome to Tigers SRD with two hosts who always start on second, Chris Brown, never-ending parade of mediocrity, and Roger Castillo. Oh, Roger, live in Detroit. six miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Welcome to Tigers SRD, uh, MotorCityBangles.com and the Over Time Media Network. I'm Rahil Castillo. Excitement is Chris Brown. You can find us iTunes, Spotify, iHeartMedia, Sister, and Google Play. I want to personally thank the review we got last week, which was Peter Waldo, who has now left us. I, I, I didn't know it was possible, Chris, that four different times you can leave reviews and this time he was uh love the show it's funny but i'm listening to lockdown tigers more because they go five days a week and so i was like okay we've been doing more shows a week but thanks for the notice um but no and all all kidding aside i did say if you want to write a review i don't care how bad it is it's fine because what chris got a comment about your your audio sound like you're in a tunnel Dan Dickerson. Yeah, my, my friend Rachel said uh, you sound like you're in a tunnel. I don't know how I sound like now. I'm trying to use you the microphone perfect. again. No, you sound here. you sound good. So just a few things I want to get out of the way. So if you patreon.com forward slash tigers SRD, you can subscribe to us. So we had a couple of new subscribers. So thank you. Really appreciate it. it. Goes to all the podcasts, including our wonderful soundboard that I've been messing around with and getting some more comfortable with. And Chris sent me some audio that we'll be playing later that will make everybody crack up. So our guests this evening are Janice and Sam Sherman, who are the hosts of the Northside Sock podcast. Janice also writes for Baseball Prospectus, Southside Sox, and she was recently hired at NBC Sports Edge, which, first of all, first and foremost, welcome to the podcast. And second, congratulations on that, Janice. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely been a fun, like, two-ish weeks. I've been just like immersed in the fantasy <laughs> baseball world uh, i'm not a fantasy baseball person at all but i, I now i am like I, I feel as if i've like studied into like players and teams i typically like would have no idea like where to start before so for some reason now uh, i know a lot about the colorado rockies of all teams um <laughs> i've also studied uh the royals of all teams uh, quite a bit uh like not because i i want to uh well i, I want to you know al central you know it, it it isn't my personal interest to know what the royals are doing <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, just professionally too, it, it, it's been an interesting, uh, journey so far. Uh, but yeah, at, at simultaneously, uh, I've, uh, been, uh, contributing to Southside Sox for about two years now. Uh, Sam and I, uh, do Northside Sox. Uh, it's a podcast that's relatively in its infancy. I think we've only done like, like 12 episodes so far. Uh, we actually just recorded tonight. Uh, we recorded with uh, Eric Steven, uh, who is uh, an Angels writer, uh, uh, also for SB Nation too. Uh, so we've just been like getting all like all sorts of guests and like just reaching out to people across the blogosphere. So it's it's been a really uh, interesting time running our running our little show. The reason why I was kind of confused by the name because I was like, is there is there Southside Pox Pox or Southside podcast already, or is it just? That's why I was confused yeah. about the name because it's a North Park, North, North Side rather. 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Northside Socks is, is essentially our thing. Um, the whole bit, um, I, I think the original name of the podcast was Off the Beat with Janice and Sam because we're, we're, we're former beat writers. Like, well, we're not beat writers anymore. Uh, so, uh, but we're like, I, um, I, I don't think anyone's going to get this. Uh, so we're, <laughs> we're just sort of like, what, what, what sort of unifies us as, as an identity? And so to kind of keep, you know, the whole Southside Socks brand, we're like, okay, so we're, we're both, we, we both live on the north side of Chicago, uh, which is Cubs territory, of course. Uh, but uh, we just kind of wanted to convey the image that, you know, we've got both sides of town covered. So north side, south side, uh, socks are all over. Socks are good. Like everyone should wear socks. They're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, that, oh, that makes a lot of sense then. So the first question we have, and Chris has done this uh, question from his podcast, so we kind of put it in our artist because Chris used to do a podcast called Bad Hop Radio, which has one of the greatest logos of all time. And if I can find a picture, I'll share it at some point. It's basically the MLB logo, but the guy making an error in the ball comes to his face. <laughs> it's so sweet. But uh, without further ado, Chris, take it away. Yeah, guys, thanks for, for joining us. Uh, we always ask our guests about their earliest baseball memory. So I don't know which, which one of you wants to go first, but we'd like to hear both of them. Yeah, um, so that's a really, I was thinking about this a little bit, because uh, it's tough. Um, and there's a few things that I can kind of, I guess, pick, but I guess it wouldn't, that, that would defeat the purpose of the first one. But I don't know exactly the first one, but a very early baseball memory that I have is uh, being at um, Marlins spring training uh, in Florida. This is, I don't know what year this would have been. Um, I know Jack McKean. McKean was still the manager of the Marlins at the time. Um, and like, again, this is like very, like, it's funny. Cause as I'm talking about it now, like I have certain, there's like the, the facts may not all make sense, but, but that kind of speaks to how long ago this was for me. And uh, I remember Josh Beckett, I wanted to get Josh Beckett's um, autograph. And, and I was like little kid and I walked up and a bunch of kids walked up to Josh Beckett to get his autograph. And he was like, all right, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. And he never came back. Um, and, uh, but, uh, Dontrell Willis, um, signed for like an hour and and he was awesome. So, um, <laughs> that, I know that that's a pretty insignificant baseball memory, but I just remember it at that time. i never forgot Josh Beckett or forgave Josh Beckett. I'll forgive him today. I'll let it go today for the sake of the rod. <laughs> but uh but Dontrell Willis shout out to Dontrell Willis for for signing so that must have been 2003 or so yeah it was it was I guess it yeah I have even just talking about it then I haven't like recalled that story for a long time so um that's yeah I would have been 2000 if it was 2003 I was uh I was 10 so nice yeah very cool <laughs> oh my goodness I, I keep forgetting how much younger you are than me it's just like I, I I was seventeen in two thousand three, like oh my god. <laughs> but I, I, I guess I, I was twenty three. Oh. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, I was twenty two. I was twenty two. So we have oh, a variety a variety of ages, you know. See, this is yeah, different. It, it, this it, it, didn't it, used to look like this. Yeah, <laughs> this is an intergenerational uh, show. I, I love it. This is great. See, uh, my earliest baseball memory, uh, so quite literally uh, with baseball, uh, I remember that um, there were some kids playing in a Sandlot game that uh, in a field adjacent to my house. And uh, I've 
I vaguely knew what was going on. I think I might have been like maybe five or six. Uh, so I, I had a like a vague um, just knowledge of what baseball was. And so like I wanted to play with them. And so like what I did, like I ran and like crouched behind home plate and told them that like, like I, I, I want to catch the ball. And they were like, what? Like, no, you, you can't catch the ball. Like, like are, are you, are you stupid? Well, and, and so I was like, well, I mean, like I'm five. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I, from what I remember, they still let me play, but they're like, no, 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 you, you, you can't be the catcher. Just like, like, like go stand like in the outfield. And so I was like, so, so, so what do I do? And someone was like, if someone hits a ball, then, then go get it. Um, I, I don't think I caught any balls that day. And I also don't think I ever played with those kids ever again. Uh, but yeah, that, that is quite literally my earliest baseball memory. So I just imposed myself on some random Sandlot team. Uh, just kind of just like <laughs> this, like maybe three and a half foot tall, five-year-old, like wanting to be a left-handed catcher for a Sandlot team. So. <laughs> they never forgot you. <laughs> yeah i know they, they, they missed out on me really you know i i should my, my agent should have been there like i definitely should have negotiated a better deal but uh man well, that's one of the fun things about about that question is is that everybody's got a different like you know some people it was a game some people it was playing some people it was like you know hanging out with their granddad it's 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 fun like that those are both ones we haven't heard before i don't think we've heard anybody from spring training or anybody from just uh running around with the kids in the neighborhood so thank you yeah, that was, that was yeah. Awesome. especially a left-handed catcher. I don't think we've ever had a left-handed catcher on the podcast. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not a. Definitely did not catch. Uh, just like w w when I actually learned what baseball was, I was like, no, I, 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 I can't catch. Like, absolutely not. Just like squatting in that position for long periods of time, not for me, not for my knees. Like maybe if I was like Megan the Stallion and just like be able to like just get down that low. <laughs> Like I, I, I always think that like 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 she would be the perfect baseball catcher in my opinion. Just just the fact that she can crouch that low and just stay there for long periods of time. Like I, I would I would throw a bullpen to Megan the Stallion. She That's an amazing observation. We we're not taking advantage of all the twerking over the last uh, decade or so. <laughs> I could also say that's a first for the podcast that Megan the Stallion has come up on this podcast and oh. an ankle. I don't even think about that because. As a former catcher myself, it's one of those things where when I did that, you know, the little Russian dance where you squat down, I was really good at it until I hit my 30s. And then when I uh, stopped DJing weddings and I would do it, then after a while, like all of a sudden the next day, oh, cool, my knee swelled up. That's cool. You know, uh, just I don't, I don't miss like even now when people will, when we do beer league softball, I'm like, I don't even want to do it. And you don't even have to squat down. It's just at that point, you're like, okay, I'm just going to take the ball and it's not the same. So. But, uh, that's the problem yeah. you, you go down and then you forget you're like oh yeah i have to do the going up part now yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those glucose pills like those uh those glucose pills are coming in handy now where i'm like all right pop two of these and i'll be good to go for the weekend yeah <laughs> so um but yeah quite a bit has happened today there was a lot of in addition to baseball news uh, nick anderson right before the podcast solder he's going to be out for a while we'll get to the the unfortunate news that i saw janice rage about possibly earlier and uh just oh, yeah we'll get to that a little bit but uh the one thing that in terms of pop culture if you haven't watched rest development or archer 
And there's some people in our audience, I know for a fact, that are not familiar with that show. But actress or actor uh, Jessica Walter passed away today, and she is one of the funniest. It just was like a role. And something I didn't, I was talking about beforehand, Chris told me that she was on the show Dinosaurs. Or I think I forgot who told me that, but that was just a pretty interesting factoid. But we did a little supercut of some of the best lines she had from Rust Development. Seal was yes. mingling with the elite of the Latino Television Academy. Can I get a vodka tonic, please? I'd like a vodka tonic, please. Vodka tonic, please. A sea of waiters, and no one will take a drink order. And that goes into storage, right? Not into your apartment. Okay. What's Spanish for? I know you speak English. Michael, the little Korean is here, and I don't know what to do with him. At least I think it's a him. You've got to strip them down to next to nothing before you can even tell. I was almost attacked oh last God. night in my own home. I walk in, and there's a colored man in my kitchen. Colored? What color was he exactly? Blue. <laughs> so I just want to acknowledge that because she, she, some of the lines, even I didn't want to go in the Archer stuff, but uh, yeah. So unfortunately she passed away today but uh, other than that i mean in terms of even in terms of the baseball side of things um before we get to our segments really just wanted to ask about so far what you your spring training observations obviously there's been a lot going on with the in terms of again spring training stats whether they matter or not i mean there's the, the andrew vaughn right now in chicago is just gonna be the next all-star possibly rookie of the year although and sam and, and chris before the podcast were saying can be playing left field He's ever done it, you know, and so I had no knowledge he didn't play before and left. So <laughs> he doesn't. Um, he has no experience. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like zero zero experience. Zero. So I think grounders at third for a while, didn't they? Like last yeah. year, I thought. But and that's the thing. Even at third base, it was like uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I think he, <laughs> <laughs> he filled in uh, when Moncada was out uh, at the beginning of the year at third, um, and uh, it, it did not work out well. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you both this question then. Is it one of those things where MLB pipeline was throwing him a, a, a bone? I mean, is he, I mean, in terms of A, if he's throwing him a bone for being possible rookie of the year and B, how good has he looked legitimately? Yeah. So uh, when it comes to his defense, uh, he's marked as being a fantastic defender, but that's only isolated to first base. So that, that's pretty much the only position uh, he's, he's played. Uh, the fact that they're suggesting that he plays left field is just, I don't know, at face value, it's absolutely preposterous to me. Uh, he's never played an, a level of ball over like high A ball. Uh, and so while like I, I don't doubt that he'll be productive at the major league level, um, I, I feel as if it might be a little far-fetched to have him learn another position in his rookie season. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I love Andrew Vaughn. I love what I've seen from him uh, this spring. But uh, admittedly, uh, the whole Eloy Jimenez news has uh, kind of put all of White Sox Twitter, uh, including myself, uh, in a tizzy. But I was telling uh, Sam earlier that if the White Sox were going to absorb some kind of injury uh, this, this early in the year, it might as well be on the, on the offense side, uh, just mainly because mm-hmm. Eloy was not a great defender. Uh, he never has been. Uh, essentially, he is a future DH. He should be a past DH, a current DH. Uh, but uh, alas, we need someone to play in left field. 
So, uh, so yeah, uh, I feel as if uh, the lineup can definitely constant, uh, compensate uh, for any run production uh, lost by Aloy's bat. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, the whole the whole thing is that pitching needs to lock it up. There's, uh, yeah, there's. I think that it's it was it was definitely like a dark day for for Sox for Sox fans for Sox Twitter as far as that. Um, but you know, like Janice had mentioned, I think that that is an area um, that they can kind of absorb it a little bit, even though yes, Aloy was projected to hit, you know, anywhere from 35 to 40 home runs this season. It's tough to take that out of the lineup. As far as Andrew Vaughn's concerned. Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as uh, Andrew Vaughn is concerned. Yeah. I think um, the bat, there's no doubt is going to play. Um, I think pretty, pretty quickly. I think that's why you'll see some of those rookie of the year um, predictions for him. Uh, I, I do think it complicates things as Janice said, if he's going to have to learn, a, a position he's never played before, which it seems like they're probably rolling into the season um, good looking to do after today. Uh, so, so we'll see on that, but um, you know, I, I have doubts about like those, those college uh, bats only because the last time that the Sox did it, well, not the last time uh, Nick manager goals, obviously looking pretty good so far. But if you look back to Zach Collins, who they took out of Miami, um, you know, a few years back, he was this guy that was supposed to be this, no doubt, you know, sure thing at the plate. Um, and he's granted not with a ton of sample size. Um, he's, he can't exactly hit, uh, anything with offbeat, um, not exactly, uh, and, and also maybe can't catch, but uh, after today, he'll probably be the designated hitter for a majority of the season. So we'll see what happens yeah. there. So I say that to say that I was a little bit skeptical just because I, just of that, just for some reason, something about Zach Collins, we had on our podcast, we had Jim Callis on from MLB pipeline, oh, you know, couple months ago and he assured me uh that that andrew vaughn is a very different uh, hitter than than zach collins and and has w- far higher expectations for him um I and I, so i hope that that's the case jim. yeah yes jim calmed me a little bit <laughs> he's such uh, a good dude to have on too a yeah, quick note yeah, on, on Zach Collins is that uh, he's he's actually doing really well uh, in spring. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, though, uh, Zach Collins is historically a really great spring hitter. Uh, but then the regular season hits. And, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a scam. Uh, definitely kind of like a spam text you'll get in the middle of the day of someone, like, wanting to, your PayPal information and wanting to wire <laughs> you $2,000. Like, um, that that is the, yeah, the, the baseball equivalent of getting a spam text asking for your credit card information (laughs) is Zach Collins um (laughs) I I I honestly I mean if he like continues um the momentum he's he's done this spring and actually hits well for a change I will happily eat crow but so far in like last year um yeah uh, his regular season wasn't really all that great postseason also not that great as well and uh, he did get a postseason at bat though he did he he got a postseason (laughs) at bat uh to the chagrin of myself sam and maybe like all of all of uh, white Sox uh fandom but anyway the the one thing that stood out to me so far about the white Sox is their bullpen and uh, Mm -hmm. last year this is a bullpen that it was it had some parts but didn't have the whole thing and i know what tony roos is trying to steal more use the larusa ball whatever and whatever terminology you want buds word you want to use for it but you look at that back end and even think not even without liam hendricks i mean this is a stacked pen i mean michael holpex who's just coming back from surgery correct this year was it yeah so mm-hmm. you're looking at he's just airing it out um you have 
Evan Marshall, who I'm a big fan of just because he just seems to always get it done. Mm-hmm. But that is that going to be the strength of this team? Even though the rotation, I mean, Dylan Cease, I know he pitched well today. I saw that he pitched his performance pitch. He's going to be a solid four, number four starter. But this is, a, I think the White Sox bullpen seems to be, it's gonna, I think it's going to be the big difference between that and the rotation this year. I think, I think the, it looks like the bullpen is going to be taken up better than the rotation. Yeah, I think that's definitely a huge strength uh, is that bullpen. Uh, everyone just seems to be uh, good, <laughs> just as an understatement. And I think uh, even last year, too, uh, there were a couple of guys that made their major league debuts. Uh, so uh, Co- Cody Hoyer, uh, Matt Foster, Garrett Crochet, a handful of all those guys all had um, all had whips under under one. Uh, so uh, those guys were just completely locking it in. Uh, and also, too, yeah, Evan Marshall as a as a setup man, I think is going to be so fantastic. Uh, same thing, um, like Aaron Bummer as well. Uh, Jace Fry, uh, who is uh, uh, out, I, I don't know when he's coming back, uh, but uh, yeah, also too, uh, he's another lefty uh, that has a pretty formidable arm as well. But but uh, yeah, overall, uh, just the, the pen is just so incredibly like scary. Uh, and when you think of uh, just all those guys getting to Liam Hendricks, uh, again, uh, that's exactly why the White Sox decided to uh, dish out that weird contract to him. He's got like just such elite electric stuff. Uh, and so if he pitches well for three years, uh, yeah, then he gets all that money. And then in the fourth year, he's paid, I think, like like $14 million to either pitch that fourth year or $14 million to get lost. Uh, so we were talking about that on the last podcast we were on. Uh, but, yeah, the the pen looks good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Janice hit on all the, on all the points there. I think um, for me, and this is, I guess, like my hot take coming off of today, going back to this idea that after Aloy – after Lloyd's injury, the way that I think that I, I think, you know, obviously it'd be stupid to say that it's not, it's not a negative. It's very, it's very bad that they lost that middle of the middle of the order bat. Um, but again, going back to this idea that they can potentially absorb that, um, that hit. And I just say that because I still think the offense is going to be really, really good and really, really scary. Uh, so what you're then relying on is again, that starting pitching. And I think that bullpen, which again, if they hopefully stay healthy, um, is going to be locked down. So in theory, uh, I guess the hot take is that I wasn't totally, uh, you know, I was sad that we're not going to be able to see Aloy this season in that lineup, at least for a majority of it. But on the other side of it, you know, you look at that that starting pitching staff and the depth there, something that the White Sox have not had for several years, and that bullpen that kind of just weirdly organically came together even before the, the Hendricks signing, um, which I think was a, another kind of bonus of it. It was a lot of, uh, honestly, homegrown bullpen for the most part. And um, I think almost, almost entirely. So uh, I think that's going to be, it needs to be kind of as good as, as uh, it is on paper. Yeah. And and I think there's a lot to be said about having a homegrown bullpen because to me, at least when you're, you're paying for guys who are, it's kind of risk past the age of 30, sometimes with like a high leverage reliever. When I saw the money thrown at Liam Hendricks, I was, I was a little admittedly shocked and I understand why it was done. But I thought because the White Sox have done a really good job in the last couple of years of just getting value out of their late round draft picks of developing pitching. They've done a really good job of developing pitching as a whole. And it's just to me, I just thought that, well, I thought that maybe perhaps one of the guys last year would get another uh, like just a closer opportunity. But Hendricks kind of if the White Sox can make a postseason push, then I, I totally get it. You know, and so and that being said, it's just 
you know, Chris, one of the things about this White Sox team that you and I have talked about is the terror of that lineup. Tim Anderson, what, one of the plays that stood out to me last year was when Tim Anderson got a, stepped out of the batter's box, was like, you know what, I'm going to go this way. And I guess it was, uh, was it Matt Boyd, Chris? Well, I think of? it was Matthew Boyd. He, yeah. he uh, yeah, changed where he was standing in the batter's box and then in a home run. That sounds about right, yeah, because yeah. uh, Tim, Tim Anderson crushes lefties. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. So I just want to say from an outside perspective, I mean, I absolutely look at the White Sox as a World Series contender. Um, but there are a couple of Eloy Jimenez things that, that I think of. First of all, um, his play that when he fell into the net, uh, that Christian Yelich <laughs> inside the park one month, one of my favorite uh, baseball bloopers the last few years. He'd like, you know, <laughs> fell in and needed the, needed the medic alert bracelet to get out. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you can't help but just laugh at that. You, you, you can't get mad. I, I mean, like, I, I might have been might have been mad for like 30 seconds but then yeah. i'm just like oh my god you're you're like oh this fucking guy oh <laughs> tigers have had, there have been several tigers infielders who've had uh basically balls bounce out of their gloves and over the walls in the last few years and you're just like yep that sounds about right the one other thing i wanted to point out i'm not the first person to say this but uh i remember about six years ago there was a left fielder in chicago very young left fielder who was expected to be a big part of the offense and got injured in like the first or second game of the year. And uh, his team still went on to make the playoffs and he came back to help them in the postseason and they won the World Series. So, you know, it's Kyle Schwarber. You don't really want to think about that, but uh, still, I think, you know, it can be done. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, I did see that brought up today. And I think that's, uh, it's an interesting comp there. Um, you know, and I think to Schwarber's credit, even just, I know it's not completely related as far as going off in this direction, like, but I think, Schwarber became a an acceptable outfielder. You know, he was an acceptable left fielder. Um, whereas Aloy, I'd say acceptable top. You know, at the top, uh, you know, as far as barely. But um, Aloy, I, I don't know if that's uh, ever going to happen. Um, just because uh, I don't know. You just see. You just and again, it's just the mental lapses of even just doing something like he did um, in, in the game yesterday. Uh, and again, he was going after a, you know, a home. It's maybe it's, it's easier for me to say sitting here, um, you know, never having played professional or any level, any high level of baseball. Um, but, you know, being in the moment, whatever, but yeah, I just think that you, what we were watching was a, yeah, it was a DH, um, a, a pure DH playing in the outfield. You know, and it's one of those things too, where even like, for example, we have Victor, Victor Reyes in Detroit seems like it's, this nonstop debate about whether he's a four foul fielder or not, whether they're going to carry him or not, is because Detroit with Eric or I almost said I almost said Erica Badu. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a, I call Tyrone. Better call Tyrone there. Um, yeah. So um, that is a Badu taking over spring training, and, and with that, and, and Victor Reyes is one of those outfielders that just it, it kind of looks like it's always an adventure for him when he it looks like it's like a Frankenstein kind of thing, walk out there. But um, one last before we get to our segments is Lance Lynn. And I thought that was kind of a very under the radar kind of trade in a sense that among so much stuff was going on with Trevor Bauer, which care, you know, just like crap. Anyway, it's just, it was going on and on and Lance Lynn <laughs> has quietly done a pretty good job in Texas the last couple of seasons, but I thought that was a really good trade to bolster a rotation that we talked about earlier. I mean, Carlos well known coming back, Kind of shocked me because I actually wanted him as a, a, low, a low end target for the 
the Tigers, but you and me both. I, I honestly thought that he would have been perfect on a team like the Tigers or the Cubs. Um, I, I kind of viewed him as a reclamation project for another organization because uh, me, I, I had seen enough of him at that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Carson Fulmer, I mean, is another example of another how many teams have gone through five in the last year. God. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he actually pitched against the White Sox today uh, as a member of the Reds. Uh, so it was interesting to uh, see an old friend come back. Yeah, it's he, he's sort of like, um, I don't know, the, the nearest pop culture reference I can make. I, I, I'm just thinking of like Doctor Who, where he just like keeps coming back in like different incarnations every time. <laughs> so like, like he looks like David Tennant one day, and then he's Matt Smith the next, and then he's Peter Capaldi the day afterwards. <laughs> He's that late seventies Doctor Who with all the hair just like like that, you know, kind of yeah. thing. So, <laughs> the name of that. That was a Doctor Who I grew up with. Channel. Uh, we, we didn't have cable, so we had public television, and Doctor Who was on all the time, all the time. And I had no idea what was going on because I tried watching that show, and it was at that time a little bit above my head. But uh, at any rate, so let's go into the segments, and we have a segment that we for anybody who's new listening, we have one that's called Inside the Numbers. It's time for Rogelio and Chris to go inside the numbers. All right. So, Chris, why don't you uh, start the – well, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm being rude. Dennis, you have an inside the number for us this evening. Uh, yes, yes. I have uh, prepared a stat that I, I really do uh, like. I think I, like, showed it to Sam before I came on with you guys, and he said nothing. He actually didn't reply to this text, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, really? assuming, I'm, I'm assuming it's because you were blown away by, by the stat I, I told you, or, 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 or wait, you just, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, you didn't address it directly, but anyway. Um, I just went on. <laughs> you, you just went on and started rambling about something else. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, uh, so the stat that I like to bring up. So uh, Dylan Cease, uh, who pitched uh, for the White Sox today, uh, currently has a 1.05 whip, which for him is really good considering uh, his historic wildness. Uh, one of the big uh, problems with Cease is that he tends to be really lucky, uh, where last year, um, I believe uh, his ERA at face value uh, looked really good. I think it was like something in the threes, uh, but his FIP was twice that. So uh, essentially, uh, yeah, issues with his command, but he's been working with uh, new uh, White Sox pitching coach and, uh, yeah, savior, uh, Ethan Katz. So the whole tagline this year is Katz will fix him. Uh, it looks as if Katz is in the process of at least fixing him. I don't know if I want to uh, deem Dylan Cease as being fixed right now. Uh, but anyway, from, from what I've seen so far, I, I really like what I've seen from Dylan Cease. Yeah, we have Fetter made right now. That's our big thing because Chris Fetter. And so we, uh, I, I fashioned a, the Better Made Potato Chips logo and put Fetter made. Uh, because <laughs> the, the biggest, he was one of the biggest acquired things that the, the Tigers did this offseason. And he's given them all pitching plan. But everybody thinks that Fetter's going to fix it. But it is better than Rick Anderson, who literally did nothing. So, uh, but anyway, Sam, what's your inside the number? <laughs> My inside the number is a little bit different. Uh, there's something called Matt Reynolds, who's a spring training uh, roster dude for the White Sox. And I I have seen his name, like when I've looked at like box scores, I have no idea who he is. Um, but I but I did find something interesting about him today as far as the spring training stats are concerned. 
Um, he's having a rough spring training. I don't think he's going to make the big league uh, roster uh, come out of camp. And here's why. Uh, well, there's probably other reasons, but if you go behind the numbers, here's why. Um, he's had 24 at bats. He struck out 14 times. Leads the uh, leads the team in strikeouts in the spring. Again, in 24 at bats, um, does have a couple home runs, uh, four RBIs. Got an OPS of OPS of 708. But the other thing is, is I was curious, so I looked into you know who's leading the 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 spring in errors. Um, Tim Anderson has four errors, which you know um, we'll see if he can clean that up, but doesn't lead. Matt Reynolds, shortstop Matt Reynolds, leads the team with five errors uh, in the spring. So he's having a rough spring. Um, again, I can't say I knew much about Matt Reynolds uh, unless he's like unless I'm just completely blanking and and maybe he was somewhere else and I was like, oh, I I know that guy. But um, yeah, he was a second round pick by the Mets in 2012, and now he's leading the White Sox in strikeouts and errors here in uh, spring training 2021. I, I do have to admit that when you texted me about Matt Reynolds, uh, my first uh, reaction was who? Um, yeah, I, I never I, I, yeah, uh, so yeah, non-roster invitee. Uh, if you would have told me that name, I would have guessed it was like a character on It's Always Sunny. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There was Dennis, Sweet D, and Matt. Yeah, right. Uh, so. <laughs> Long lost her brother, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think Charlie Day would have a better spring than Matt Reynolds has had uh, so far, to be honest. Or at least, you know, whatever the night maybe. man. I mean, being being the night man would have had a better. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only plays during night games. <laughs> it's specifically written in his contract <laughs> it's like no if you want if you want to play a 105 game you have to sign the day man <laughs> that would have been the cubs that would have been cubs uh the cubs guy circa to what 1988 when cubs put the lights in something like that yeah yeah that go. sounds about right yeah so uh <laughs> so chris was turned inside a number we uh i'll just say a while back you know my buddy perry and i were gonna write uh, some sort of uh baseball vampire crossover where you know he got traded to the cubs and, and had to quit because he couldn't play during the day but uh yeah <laughs> so my inside the number is 95.8 that is the average forcing fastball velocity from casey mize this spring before tonight's mm. start nice um yeah we, we know velocity is just one part of uh success for a fastball you know it doesn't really do you much if it's straight but uh but there were only six starters in the majors who, who averaged uh 96.8 or 95.8 or higher last year uh jacob Degrom, luis castillo denelson lament zach wheeler Derek cole and brandon woodruff um and that's also that's the uh, company, tied for the hard, hardest fastball ever by a tigers pitcher uh, that's some good company right there yeah i mean there's a, there's a lot of hard throwers there i mean it, it, like i said it doesn't necessarily mean mean anything and so far the results in mize's career have been kind of ugly uh but uh but you, i don't know I think people get too caught up in the the results. We talk about that on the flip side with Gil Badu this spring, the Tigers' uh, Rule Five pick. You know, he's had good results, but you're trying to look at stuff. And in his case, the tools and the and the you know the capacity to survive at the major level. And you watch Casey Mize, and he makes some mistakes that, that make you you know smack your head against the wall. But the stuff is all there, and we definitely saw it on display tonight. So I just think uh, you know people want to. They kind of want their, their, you know, overall pick them to come up and be a, a Cy Young winner immediately, and it just it takes time. The major leagues are hard, so yeah, I don't know. I'm like saying, you know, it maybe it won't work out for him, but it won't be because of a lack of stuff. 
Yeah, he's got some really great stuff. I remember like seeing him last year, and uh, I just thought, uh, yeah, dang, uh, the Tigers' rotation is going to be scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. did against the White Sox, I think. Um, yeah, that's he right. did. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I actually believe I was at that game. Uh, I, I might have been, yeah, because I do remember that there was a surplus of Tigers media in the press box uh, for, for for that debut. And uh, yeah, it was also uh, the same season, or, or the same season. Uh, it might have been the same homestand where a, a Tarek Skubal debuted too. Yep. Yeah, um, that's so correct, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just remember all of the, the media hype surrounding uh, those two guys. Uh, so yeah, super cool. Yeah, and, and the, the thing is too, is I freely admit that well, I'm one of those people that when I, because I know dealing with sports talk people, when they, they do a hot take, whatever, they never admit when they're wrong. Um, I'll admit that I, I was wrong. I thought that Casey might, I think he solidified the the fifth, the fifth spot in the rotation this evening. And the reason why I thought that he wasn't going to make the rotation is because of sequencing and and like just throwing when it's an 0-2 pitch, I'll just throw a meatball down the middle. It'll be fine. You know, and those kind of little things he could work on in Toledo, considering that he's not been above double a so that's where i that's what my mindset was but then again you look at the depth rotation right now for the tigers you look at just the fact that matt manning's not ready to go and even i mean Derek holland i think he's better suited out of the bullpen and you saw his numbers last year in pittsburgh when he was starting it was, it was awful and so he can get right handers out better and i think he'd be a much better effective reliever that way and as far as stat cast numbers are concerned one of the things that before i get to my inside number which we heard on the broadcast yesterday cracking up at Chris Mikowski, who's been as a beat writer, sits in with Dan Dickers, the voice of the Tigers. He made this big point, and I thought it was kind of like a dick move in some ways to point out that, oh, the stat cast, uh, the Riley Green hardest hit ball, second hardest or hardest hit in history. That didn't count because it's spring training. Well, stat cast recorded it. Stat cast posted it. So yeah, it counts for well, something. Exactly. Yeah. Like, wh- wh- why would Statcast even bother to to even be there if if it didn't mean anything? Of course, it I felt like something. I think he was trolling Chris on purpose because Chris posted the video. Okay. I think you know, and I'm not usually I'm not that vain, or I, I try not to think that like everything's about us because it's the big whole world, big world out there. But it was just kind of because we just had Dickerson on yesterday, and Chris posted that video and got like what ten thousand views or something like that. So it was like. I was like, yeah, you've got to be the dick there, kind of suggesting something. But, you know, what were you going to say, Chris? Yeah, no, no I, I just, I think, you, like you said, he, he likes to kind of stir the pot and play devil's advocate or whatever. And I, I which is fine. At least I hope he's not uh, that dense to, to understand that, like, hey, you know, the results doesn't matter. It's the fact that he has the ability to hit a ball that far. That, that's, yeah, that's what yeah. we're getting excited about because that's the hardest hit ball by a Tiger in the last six years, you know. It, it, he this doesn't is, he did it. This is a team that's projected to win almost 68 games, folks. Sorry. I mean, we yeah. have to find our golden nuggets <laughs> the way they are. It's not like you, you guys are excited over- about something. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, you guys are potential World Series contenders, and we're sitting here going, okay, well, yeah, well, you know, cross fingers aside, you know, it's like here we are getting excited about a rule five pick, which is fine, but I would like to be further along, go back to the mid-millennium. It would be nice. And where the White Sox and Tigers were playing meaningful games against each other. I mean, I remember in 2005, 2006, in the 2006 season, White Sox and Tigers were neck and neck the entire time. And much I hated A.G. Pruszynski because he was such a douche. And so, I mean, anyway, but uh, my inside number is four or slash line is 450, uh, 354, 411, 596, and an OPS of uh, over a thousand. 
in 492 plate appearances of one Jose Abreu against the Tigers in his career. <laughs> so I did that because I was like, oh, it's Tim Anderson. It's Tim Anderson. And I was convinced it was Tim Anderson. But Baseball Reference has this beautiful, awesome app, the, the Stat Head, which I love. I love that stat thing. Once you, I, I, too, am a Stat Head member. Oh, it's so great. Subscribe it's so worth the money. Subscribe to Stat today. Yeah, yeah. Please give us a free month. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, Janice has got the right idea. Like, get it. You know, we can put the link in there. Um, but it's it's one of those things where I was thinking about that too because I know I know Whitmerfield Whitmerfield has terrorized the Tigers, and I also think of um, oh God, what was it? Billy Butler. Billy Butler. Yeah, Billy Butler is another one that comes to mind. Jim Tomey, no matter what uniform he's on, even with the White Sox, I felt like he did even more. And Jose Abreu, who is by far just such a professional hitter against the Tigers. And it's just in the amount of plate appearances, it's just ah, man, walk the guy, walk him. Don't, <laughs> I, I don't understand that. Just walk him. So anyway, that's, that's my inside. Oh, number this week. Wow. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with you that I definitely, I think when, when, you know, the phrase tiger killer comes to mind, I think of Tim Anderson. But maybe that's recency bias. Maybe that that's just like my observations of, of like just this past season. Uh, but I'd be curious to know if that's like like park specific. If it's really more so like in Comerica Park at a guaranteed rate, uh, or both. Um, so, so so maybe I'll look that up once once uh, we're we're done here. I'm I'm, I'm curious now. Yeah. Is there, I, pet, is there a pet name for guaranteed rate yet? Is it that people call it like the rate? Uh, so far, it's been like the G rate, or I mean, like, um, <laughs> I mean, just um, for legal the reasons. When, oh, yeah. <laughs> when we're when we're writing, we have to call it guaranteed rate yeah. yield, um, or else like we'll we'll have lawyers yell at us. Uh, but uh, typically, like anyone just calls it Sox Park. My favorite thing about guaranteed rate field is that they. I remember reading. Like you, you guys, you know, like the logo is like the downward red arrow. The downward I remember reading, pointing arrow. Yeah, and they, and they said, and I remember reading that like when they did the deal, um, the the socks had like approached them about like, hey, like, do you think we could like readjust it or do it some do something different? And they were just like, no, it's gonna stay. You know, we're paying you guys. <laughs> and and I was like, you know what? That's what you get, you know? <laughs> I, I believe the, the reimagined logo was supposed to be, um, you know, just the regular guaranteed rate logo. But like the, the downward pointing arrow was um, a, a home pl- fashioned into home plate. And apparently they, they didn't like that. They're like, no, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because I know that I, I've been I've been to Guaranteed Rate Field a few times, and I will say that it has some of the best food. The Minima Minosa Cuban sub. Yeah, yeah, I'm phenomenal. a big fan of that too. Yeah. Mm. The first so time I, oh man, it's like the first time I ever went to a game was actually I sat in the uh, the suite because I was working. It was an internship, and at the time the the vendors like, "You guys want to go to White Sox game?" I'm like, "Sure." So to take the blue line to the red line, and that was my first dose of holy crap. Like the south side of Chicago just kind of hit me like get off the train and you see the difference in the train. You're like, oh, okay. Well, I should sit all the way over here. Cause the dude was sleeping on the chair and or just it was just kind of a anyway, but it was a lot of fun. And I definitely like going down there. And then the second time I went with the Tigers jersey and I made a mistake of we're walking by and these Sox fans were like, better take that off, man. You got a problem, bro. And we're just like, no, just want to watch the game. I'm just gonna go and put my jacket on. Yeah. 
there's always going to be obnoxious jerks there. Yeah. I think yeah. that, yes, something similar happened to me. Um, actually, at Comerica Park, I was um, like maybe like 17, 18, and like these these Tigers fans were like trying to start a, a fight with me. Um, it, it actually they they Sounds both ended right. up being they actually both ended up being pretty cool. Um, so uh, I, I honestly don't know how the rest of that story unfolded. Like it, it was starting with um, some pretty mild to moderate harassment. Uh, and then I, I guess like maybe my friends started talking to them and then like, they're like, oh, you know, you guys are from Chicago. That's cool. Well, well you know, I hope you guys enjoy Detroit. And I was like, okay, thanks. Great. Bye. I've seen I've seen it Joe Lewis a couple times Blackhawk and Rowing fans get into some brawls like it then. And even the Lions games, like the, I don't go to Lions games. The silver dome memories, like, but then even at Ford Field, I've seen a Raiders fan and a Lions fan go at it. There was fan, there were like there was fights throughout the entire Raiders Lions game I went to, and then there was another game too. It was a, an exhibition game against the Bills, and I don't, I, I know what it is. It's it's just a strange thing. And I've got an idea. Like, what's that? I've got an idea of what it might be. It might be people getting together and drinking for about four hours before the game starts. <laughs> that, oh yeah, that, yeah, that's well, usually it right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have yeah. one. Uh, I've got one. I've been to Comerica once and I forget the season. You guys might be able to recall it. I don't know. Um, but the White Sox, my dad took well, like years ago, my dad took me, uh, to like a four game series when the Sox were, were in Detroit. And the, the, at the time the Sox had like a two game lead in the central and it was like maybe middle part of the season. And I was all excited. Cause it's like, I remember thinking, you know, you, you win a game or two here, you keep the lead, whatever. And they got just swept the hell out of Detroit. And I just remember being devastated because uh, they, they lost lead, the lead in the division and then never got it back uh, for the rest of the season. Um, I think that was 2006, Chris. Does that sound right? I think that sounds about it right. It was lit. It would have been later. Tigers were leading you know, for so. most of the 2006 season. Oh. I was thinking it was like 2011 or 2012. Oh, yeah. 20, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of those seasons for sure. Uh, yeah. And uh, but, I, but I remember um, – uh tiger fans this is just random but like the tiger fans next like rick porcello was pitching and they were like they were like uh trashing rick porcello and um and i don't know yeah i don't know they and i and i remember my dad and i were like i think he's pretty good and they're like no no no, he's garbage he's garbage um (laughs) and uh yeah but no the tiger fans were being really really nice to us uh but i think that's also because that was like the third game and and like i said they got just four games swept and that was not particularly fun but it i you know we had good greek food i guess that night so yeah, <laughs> yeah. greek town yeah yeah, yeah greek, greek town's really good and it's i don't know just one of those things where I, every time i went to guaranteed rate i was actually pumped because just it, it, i know it's kind of an older stadium but there's definitely an atmosphere to it and i de- i've sat in the upper section too i went there four times and every time we just i don't want to go to giordano's because i I'm not cheese doesn't agree with me anymore. I'm really older now. I have to watch that. Anyway. Same here. Uh, same. Yeah. Yeah. The lactose intolerance sucks. Um, it does. It's not fun. <laughs> I miss and uh, it's like too, like where it's a point where um I have to load up with, you know, my wife will remind me about oh, make sure you take your uh, lactose pills and all that stuff. But uh at any rate, um I wanna do we're doing a new feature and it's called Detroit Tiger Card of the Week. And it was a gentleman by the name of Christian Anderson who sent this in and I, I really appreciate the effort that he went into this. And so it doesn't have to be for us, it, for you folks, if, um, it doesn't have to be a tiger's card or anything like that, but uh, the card of the week he did was revolving a former cub in D- Dickie Knowles. And um, 
I'll I'm gonna present it on the screen because I thought it was really really cool. And I'll uh, let me just uh, put this on the other screen here real quick. But uh, so for anybody who's watching on YouTube later, you'll see what I mean. But uh, it's one of those things where I I thought about it and I, all these random cards I have. I know I have a lot of doubles growing up, and I don't know about I don't know about YouTube, but uh, Chris. Let me start with you. Do you have how many cards do you collect? I mean, do you have a lot of old cards on you? I still have like two milk crates full of boxes of, of baseball cards, uh, and they're all from like 1989 to 1991. I just had this intense baseball card collecting period, uh, and then they flooded the market, and it was a disaster. There was like you know seven billion different brands of cards, and each pack was like eight dollars and. Um, but yeah, I've got all the '89 tops and 1991 upper duck you, you could ever want. Yeah, so Dickie this is Knowles. yeah, Dickie Knowles. So this is the now, yeah, this has a stamp that you discussed now with the Tigers here. Um, but yeah, he was part of the '87 run, run, and so that was his card of the week. And I, I really like this I, again, like this idea. But that was a really good card to pick, considering that I don't even when I was looking through newspapers.com, which is a really good archive site, I couldn't find anything with him on it or on him in the Tigers uniform. Usually they have a, a picture of some sorts, and they did not. And my card of the week, I have it with me, is Ricky Henderson. And he is stacked on Whoa. a – I don't know if you guys ever seen That's this card sweet. before. Yeah. So, I've seen that photo, but I don't think I've seen that card. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. He, he, so, looks, he looks good. Yeah. Well, this is someone who's in left field, too. So, yeah, this is – forget. I think this is uh, – 1992. So it's a score card. I also had a Nolan Ryan too that I wanted to throw up there as well. But uh, anyway, that's my card. Um, if anybody wanted to contribute one, yeah, I, I, I didn't I, realize I, we were supposed to bring props. No, I didn't. I, 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 I did on purpose. <laughs> I did buy it. You know, you didn't have to. I've, I've got a card actually. Uh, so I used to collect uh, cards when I was younger, for sure. Uh, I would just get like big uh, packs of. Uh, maybe like the tops 91 cards from the dollar store and just I, I they're honestly all in a drawer uh, in my childhood bedroom back at my mom's house I go back in there sometimes and I just look through them uh, there's also a good mix of basketball cards in there too so I think I found like a debt left shrimp in there like nice. uh, just yes. like the most random random <laughs> stuff but I did have a total of five baseball cards currently in my house and I currently have one of them in front of me so I've got uh, from National Baseball Card Day 2019 I've got a yes Monty Grandal uh, Brewers card nice. right here uh, yeah so his uh, 2019 season uh, with the Brewers was really fantastic. I think probably his biggest contribution, well, uh, he signed with them on a one-year deal. He knew he was going to hit free agency and uh, land his his big bucks the next year. Uh, but, yeah, he hit multiple home runs. Uh, I believe it's not in front of me because uh, they don't have 2019 on this card. I believe he hit, like, like 25 home runs. It could have been 30. could have been 30. It was certainly up there. But yeah, especially when Christian Yelich went down in September, like this guy was providing a lot of the clutch run production for Milwaukee. So uh, anyway, uh, love Yasmani. I'm so glad he's a he's a White Sox now. That's my card. Nice, nice. Um, I do have one uh, that I, I'm trying to I'm trying to find um, the remember the artist's name, and I'm forgetting now, but. Um, it there was a guy on Twitter 
who he's a he does he like does artwork on baseball cards it's really cool kind of like glams them out um and uh it's this he there was something and he, he works with like the shoeless joe jackson museum um and i really apologize that i can't remember his name but um there was like if you made a donation to the museum he would send you some cards and so one of the cards that i got sent uh which i requested was this sparkly i don't know if it'll show through but this sparkly oh, dick allen card dick allen nice, nice. Oh. rest in peace nice. dick uh but yeah i mean um i love this card uh and also just one of the absolute um coolest not even just baseball players athletes of all time um and uh yeah yeah so that's that's my again again like i still definitely have probably all of my baseball cards um probably at my parents somewhere um and you know what i once thought was going to be my you know shoe in retirement plan uh, if i were to go back and look i it's not gonna not gonna happen <laughs> I, I had a buddy of mine that used to uh, paid his college tuition with magic cards wow magic that gathering. that makes sense yeah yeah so the rares some of the rares are so valuable and he kept mm -hmm. them all in mint condition and no joke i remember him going we used to work together at this, re at this retail place and he's like yeah just I'm like, I don't have to take, I'm taking work next month off. I'm like, why? You know, it's like, I thought you were always working. He goes, and I just pay off my tuition. I'm like, how? And then he told me, he showed me the rares and he got for one card. I remember he got close to like $10,000. I couldn't believe it. Wow. And so Whoa. when he, the story, when he, when we ended up meeting, I met him meeting his wife. And then like, that was when he was explaining that to his soon now wife. So I was like, like just, we we're all blown away. He has no student loan debt. Thanks to magic, the gathering. Where he used to spend packs and packs of cards. He had like my office full of cards, but he, I mean, just he knew the rare ones. And so, yeah, just pays to play, I guess. I don't know. Shout out Magic the Gathering, though. I mean, I love, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes me want to go back and look at some of those cards. I used to trade them at camp for like, like Coke, like people, not, not cocaine, but like Coca Cola. They're that valuable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean some of those would get you yeah no but um but yeah i want now i now i'm gonna uh lie awake uh at night um thinking about if i traded any um card any rare ones for yeah. food for a couple of kilos of uh <laughs> <laughs> of course at least a baseball yeah <laughs> my big gift for my 10th birthday was the first Daryl Strawberry card, Daryl Strawberry's 83 top traded card. My parents paid 75 bucks for it. That was my big birthday gift. Yeah. I'd be shocked if it's worth like $3 now. It's like, yeah, sure, this will be a great investment. Daryl Strawberry was a Hall of Famer, and then immediately his career went down the tubes and he turned into a horrible person. Like now, the only way it becomes uh, worth money is if he does something really, really terrible, like goes on a killing spree. So let's just not hope for that. <laughs> but if it happens, oh if. Yeah, if. I'll be, I'll be sitting pretty then. Um, I, I did say, you know, one of the things when I was looking for random players today, I came across uh, Nicky Hatcher. I don't know, Rahela, you do remember him? Yeah, they not want He may have been, but his big thing was always having giant, ridiculous gloves. Oh, in yeah. his baseball pictures. I want to so know. Yeah, I want to. I'm going to try to share my screen. Yeah, just go ahead and try to see my, The browser has blocked my screen. Lame. Those are that's a Maybe. big glove. Yeah, there's there's a couple of them that are. <laughs> what? what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, that yeah, that's are, incredible. I, I sent you the link. The link's in there, but 
Yeah, we'll have to. See, have to that's the, the problem. Point. If Aloy had been wearing that glove, <laughs> he would not have a punk, a ruptured uh, pectoral or whatever. Yeah. Jeez. But anyway, that was my card for the day. No, that's that, that's a good one. So, uh, without further ado, though, one of the last segments we like to get into, and it's one, you know, there's so much of this going. It's spring training. There, we were going to wait till the regular season, but there's been such a weird mix of stats and, and news going on, so we couldn't wait anymore. So now it's time for the. Time for the good and the bad and the ugly this week. And I I freely admit that one of the things that in terms for the for the Tigers that was uh ugliest on Twitter was the apparently the hatred for Greg Garcia. Did I miss something, Chris, about Greg Garcia? That people hated Greg Garcia? No, I didn't notice I didn't even see that. What happened? Oh, Eddie Bajak, uh one of our listeners said something about like the that a lot of people are hating on Greg Garcia, and I didn't I I never had a problem with Greg Garcia. I don't know. I'm just one of those things where, you know, you see something on Twitter and I know it's sometimes you get tunnel vision. We are on Twitter all day. And I don't know if this happens to you. I know Sam, by the way, you not be on Twitter. Smart. Like, <laughs> I can, honestly, I'll, I'll just like, you know, like I bow to you on that because they, I can get off that app and yeah, there it is. Okay. I just, I just looked at, um, I, I just searched <laughs> Greg Garcia and the first yeah. result was who hates Greg Garcia? Like, Thank with, you. Yeah. <laughs> Tiger might, yeah, Tiger might report. Yeah. The, the the tweet underneath it, Greg Garcia doesn't make Tigers roster. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I was like, that was where I was kind of like, that's not. Uh, that, I, don't understand. I just looked up Greg Garcia too, and in the people, there's a Greg Garcia with a blue check mark, and it's an old woman licking the back of a man's head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his face was great. She's like, wait, what? Oh, oh okay. my! What? Oh, uh, wow! What, is, what um, kind of Twitter am I on? Yeah, what? Yeah, what kind of dark web are you on? There? Dark, yeah. There's some. There's some alternate universe where they, uh, where they people place bets based on name drops on various podcasts, and they were like, "Well, if they name drop Greg Garcia, it's like it's like two thousand to one." And I just put out huge. Yeah, everything's is there sports betting in Illinois? There is. There is, yeah. Okay, because we got it here in Michigan like two months ago, and the advertising is just insane. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's annoying. Yeah, yeah. we were just talking about that last pod too. Like every single time, like you you can go through Facebook, and you know Facebook does a target ad in anyways, and it's all of a sudden you're like, okay, Jamie Fox, shut the f up about you know MGM uh, Grand app. Jesus Christ. I gotta show you guys this tweet. So uh, Eric Wayne's brain has tweeted, uh, "Greg Garcia refusing to die," and uh, this is a this is a water bear. Yeah, a water bear. <laughs> yeah. Private space. Yeah, that used to be. used to be full I'm, coke I'm, brain. <laughs> yeah. I am having a hard time like drawing the parallels between uh you know this 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 uh water bear and Greg Garcia refusing to die. That's going to haunt my dreams this evening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, the, the good, bad, and ugly this week. Uh, I'll start with you, Sam. Do you have a good and bad, and ugly this week? Oh, man. Um, so I, I, I don't know, Janice. I don't know if you want to go in collectively on this because we kind of talked a little bit about it earlier. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can go ahead and steal mine. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> no, we, no. You, uh, well, I'll I'll co-sign on Janice's because I we, agree we, with all of these. Right. Yeah. We, we we have a, we have a good, a bad, an ugly, uh, and a morally ambiguous. Uh, so <laughs> I like that. didn't quite fit into the song, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, the good, uh, the good, uh, which was definitely surprising to both uh, Sam and I, uh, was Carlos Rodon winning that fifth starter spot. Uh, I said earlier um, uh, that uh, I was uh, pretty disenchanted with the White Sox bringing him back after they non-tendered him. I didn't think it was an exciting move. I felt as if he was going to be more of a reclamation project for another ball club. Uh, but he's looked good in spring, uh, and so that's what we want. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Carlos. Carlos Rodon is our fifth starter. So uh, going to the bad, I think the bad is a uh, pretty obvious. Uh, Eloy and uh, Adam Engel also being injured. Uh, so there, uh, we expect Adam Engel is probably going to return uh, to the lineup much sooner than Eloy is. I know that hamstring issues tend to be a little tricky, uh, so I definitely just don't want to uh, claim things too soon, but uh, with two uh, outfielders out, uh, there's definitely been kind of a, a discussion. There's been some discourse on the uh, the lack of depth when it comes to the White Sox outfield. Uh, but like we said earlier, uh, if the White Sox were going to take some sort of hit, it might as well be offense-wise, uh, just mainly because Aloy is not a defender by any means. Uh, Adam Engel, on the other hand, is. So that is honestly, I, I feel more painful uh, than losing Eloy. Uh, both suck, don't get me wrong. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, collectively, both of those. Very, very bad. Uh, so it looks like we're going to see a, uh, it it's Leori Garcia season on the south side of Chicago. Um <laughs> All right. So going on to the ugly, the ugly is, is uh, Andrew Vaughn being forced to learn a new position. Uh, I, I feel as if this is probably the most absurd. Uh, he is actually playing left field tomorrow. Uh, Tony Larusa just confirmed that. So if you uh, want to uh, see uh, some, uh, some mildly entertaining baseball, um, it might be very entertaining baseball. Definitely tune in and watch tomorrow's game, uh, just mainly because uh, I'm not exactly sure um, uh, how this is going to work out. All right. Um, so now going on to our morally ambiguous. Uh, actually, you know what? Great. Is um, it that we get to tell everybody? How Oops. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry. I was going to play some audio when it got screwed up. Sorry. Go ahead. No worries, no worries. All right, so actually I screwed this up. Actually, the morally ambiguous is the same thing as the bad. I guess maybe uh, this wasn't as morally ambiguous. I wrote down Andrew Vaughn to play left field. Um, and then, then I wrote down, I'm sure our Tigers friends will love to hear us unpack that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say, though, going over the, the bad and the ugly and the morally uh, ambiguous, all things considered, based on how Tony LaRusso's um, second stint at the White Sox uh, managerial, you know, how this, this one has gone since it, how it started. And the fact that a week before the season starts, that Tony LaRusso did not make the bad or the ugly or the morally ambiguous. Uh, progress. That's, progress. That's progress. You know, that's what you like to see. Um, <laughs> not the good. I'm not putting him in the good, but I guess he, he didn't make the rest of them either. So. No, you know, that's a good point. We, we we talked about that a lot when it first happened, but like, wow, this is insane. Uh, but so far out of spring, I haven't heard anything terribly, you know, like damning. It's like, all right, he's just a baseball guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so far, so far. So hopefully yeah. that, that stays the case. 
he's letting like but he's letting the guys play future in the in the clubhouse so uh that was the big news (laughs) i wonder if he walks in he goes it's got a beat. I like this. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, if he starts pulling the gym, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jim Leland doing the like break dance walk when he walks out of the yeah, he, when they want. He was big into moonwalking. Yeah, he did the, oh he did the moonwalking, and one of those moments in Tiger history where I will. Where were you when you saw Jim Leland do the moonwalk out of a celebration? It was it was the moonwalk and finger guns. Was- yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness! Is, is there footage of this? Like, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it up right. I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> All right, yeah, because I need to. It, I need to see this. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 one of those things where it's better than him yelling at Barry Bonds. I mean, him yelling at Barry Bonds. <laughs> I'm sure you guys have seen that, but it's one of those things where, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Let me let me. I'm just gonna pull it up right now, and I have it. So, ladies and gentlemen, for anybody out there who have not who has not seen this. Uh, who's watching this right now? I'm telling you right now, you're in. You're in for a treat, and that's me just stalling for time while I get this ready, because I have. I got. An, so I got an iMac, and I've been complaining about this in the last couple of podcasts. That this thing, I got this thing in December. I saved up, earned my hard-earned money for this thing, and this thing has been a pain in my ass every time I go to do anything. The red apple circle thing has been circling, and I don't. I don't get it. I'm like. I'm sorry. I just no. You're you're I, good, man. You're good. I can't. I can't. I'm I'm picturing it, and it's just. I'm picturing the the the, the finger gun moon uh, moon dance uh, here for uh, and yeah, here we go. Yeah, here we oh, go. All right, all right. I'm ready. <laughs> let me get. Let me either get past all this. Oh, so yeah, Jim Leland was an absolute beauty. He he'd be yeah he'd be in there crying, talking about how hard the season was, and then at the end he's out there drinking and doing the moonwalk. <laughs> yeah. So is everybody celebrating? You know, you see everybody having a good old time. I need and, this to be as good or better than what I was. I can't be worse. I was. Yeah, I was no, here, they're, they're all hugging them. They're all hugging this Tory Hunter. Oh. There we go. Have a good old moment, you know. And this is the yeah. Here it comes. This is gold. It was like he was like a little kid. Forget <laughs> 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 about this part. Oh man. Yeah, this was. Boy, those were the good days. Yeah. Winning. There yeah. it is. Got a bit. And here it comes. Wait for it, wait for it. Oh my god. <laughs> Man, he's like he's like, I need to get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just also want to say seeing seeing that team, seeing the video that it's like that's very hard to see because that team scared the hell out of me, like for yeah. a number of years. And yeah. uh and so I'm happy to I'm happy to be able to look back now and um watch Jim Leland doing that. That was good. I'm gonna I'm gonna add that to the to the queue whenever I get sad. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things that can cheer you up in that or uh even Bob Euchre doing the well, Bob the Bob Euchre stuff. Like every time I watch Bob Euchre do anything too it's just like that like just yeah I, Milwaukee's blessed. Um so Chris what's your good bad ugly this week? Uh so my good I didn't mean to double up on this. I, I kind of wrote the Casey Mize velocity thing uh earlier today and then went out and watched Casey Mize to start tonight. So my good was uh, was him, how impressive he was tonight. Uh, fastball sitting 96-98 for the first three innings, and his cutter was making some really good hitters look, look silly. He struck out uh, Bobachette and Vlad Guerrero in like three or four pitches with his, uh, you know, struck him out with a cutter. A couple of strikeouts with his splitter, blew his fastball by Bichette and, and got a couple of other guys looking. It's the best, the best he's looked uh, in the major leagues, at least so far. And, you know, obviously, Spring training, who cares? But uh, yeah, I mean, I think he just won a job, which was kind of cool. And he had to go out there 
he'd had a, a rough spring. And he probably was going to win a job anyway because the Tigers have had some injuries and some COVID. But he, I think he secured his spot tonight. So that was cool to see. Um, my bad, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but it was the Nick Anderson injury. Uh, you know, the, the Rays have a really good bullpen, but, uh, you know, he was one of the best. He's been one of the best and most dominant relievers in baseball the last couple of years. It just it always sucks to see, especially a guy like him. He kind of came out of nowhere when he was 28, and uh, he's 30 now. He's only been pitching for like two years. And you just hope, uh, they say he doesn't need surgery, but I always worry about that when guys like, yeah, I'm going to rehab this, and then they come back and pitch two innings, and then they get surgery, and they're out for like two years, basically. So I hope that he can come back because, yeah, he's really good. And my ugly, uh, yeah. I need, might need your help, Rogelio. Uh, sure. My ugly was a oh, story yeah. uh, oh. from uh, J.D. Martinez, apparently, has been out he's been missing time with the Red Sox uh, with a stomach virus. He got from eating bad sushi, which, Ooh. yeah, I mean, there's only one way that goes. And, and Alex yeah. Cora was yeah. apparently quoted as saying, it was coming out both sides. Oh, which is which is both hilarious and disgusting, and it reminded me of one of my favorite baseball sound bites of all time uh, from Chan Ho Park. And, and Riley, I think you have that for me. Yes, you do. I was sick. Well, I had a lot of diarrhea. That's that's what you want to know. Yeah, I had a lot of diarrhea. So yeah. I, yeah. I, I I don't know if this is like some sort of like like a, like deja vu or because I I I think I have heard that fairly recently. Like I just <laughs> like with my the, the baseball world and then the scatological humor world and then it, it just like collides <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so. The George Brett video. <laughs> what? Which one is that? Wait. The George Brett video, it's where he's, he's there's a, like it's a backfield training and he's talking about how he, he shit his pants one time in Las Vegas. I never heard that before. <laughs> You've never seen that? Oh my I've God. Never seen that. That, that's a pretty no. good one. <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen that. I, I must see this immediately after we're done with the podcast because I'm all about that. Not all about that scat humor. I just I stop myself from going, wait a minute. The hell that's one of the two things we're talking about. Actually, we're talking about scat. Yeah, Rod, Rogers like, wait a minute. Actually, I'm really into scat humor. Like, like, huh? <laughs> I'm a, I'm, I'm a scat man. Oh no, man. Oh boy. <laughs> Always good for a good fart joke. Okay, so my good and uh, you said you're ugly. Okay, so my good and bad ugly this week is Michael Fulmer starts off the good and Fulmer's tonight backing piggybacking off Casey Mize four innings, three hits, one run, seven strikeouts. And he looked like he is getting comfortable as a reliever. And this is a, a earlier a couple of weeks ago. We had him when we first started doing this. It was we we didn't know where he was going to be. I thought he was going to pitch in the rotation based on necessity, but it looks like he's getting his secondary stuff in in order and and it bodes well for the Tigers because they don't really have a long reliever right now. That go right, turns from a right-handed perspective. You put him along with Daniel Norris as the left and righty combo. Um, or even Jose Arena, who I think Arena is still going to make the rotation, but still, that's good news for him. The bad, and again, it's one of those things where Chris and I, I feel like we're we're being dicks, but we're not. I promise. Uh, Joe Jimenez, um, we just pitched one inning, but he was still didn't look his fastball still looks flat, and he is going to be on that last roster decision whether he's going to go to Toledo or not to start the season, so he doesn't have minor league options. And the ugly is Jake Rogers. Uh, going down the triple A and this is an opportunity. You, you lose the job to Grayson Griner. No offense to Grayson Griner or anything. Grayson Griner's a fine catcher, 
but this is where we're at as this is Jake Rogers came over in the Justin Verlander trade and you got Buckus. I mean, this is a guy who with all this defensive prowess and I thought that admittedly, I thought like, Hey, you know, he changes big swing mechanics. He'll be hitting more power. Hasn't happened. I mean, he's got a sweet sash and they're doing the whole mustache thing thing, whatever that's, whatever that's all about. Let's just whatever. Um, but I, I thought that a lot of people, even on in social media, were just saying, "Well, we'll, we'll see him in a Tigers uniform," which is which is nonsense. Calm down. Um, but it's just it is kind of ugly because I thought he would grab the big backup catcher job and he didn't. So it's it's frustrating, admittedly. But at the same time, maybe we'll go down to Toledo and hit better. Who knows? Isaac Brady's going down there. Isak Brady's going down to Toledo was not necessarily ugly. It was kind of expected because he's going he's kind of bat who needs regular at bats. And he was going to get it here. It looks like the Tigers are going to carry five outfielders for him kind of eh, about, but we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I mean, we got former White Sox, Normar uh, Arza, who's on yeah, the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah White you Sox do. need another outfielder. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Good memory. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, like, like, like we, we both have just lots of shared trauma regarding Normar Mazzara. I, I do appreciate that his only home run was hit off Trevor yes. Bauer last year. That was my favorite Nomar Mazzara moment of 2020. You both in your language, not saying it. You, Janice, you were shaking your head as before you even said anything. Like subconsciously, you're like, no. I, and and I, you picked up on that. Uh, I mean, I'll just say like, I, you know, he's he's one of those people that um, I just, like, I don't want to like dash the hopes of, um, of the fans. But uh, yeah, he... But yeah, I mean, he, he's, he is awful. Um, and, <laughs> and, and like, and like putting I it gently, he, Sam, he has that thing that like in sports people, um, I think have a hard time with, but it's like, it's possible that, cause like, it's almost like people struggle if the player is bad, but they're young. It's like, but they're young, they're still young. But then you realize like, as they get old, it's like, but they might also just be bad. And then at a certain point, it's like, they might have as much time to develop or, or work it out as possible. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I, I'm not really against him. Uh, well, I guess in a sense I am, but, but also, but, but I think if he, if he develop, if he finds his, his strokes more, that'll uh, be surprising to me. I'll say that. Also too. I mean, 2020 was just a weird year uh, yeah. for, for, for many players. Um, I, I don't necessarily want to address Mazar's 2020 as being uncharacteristic, but I do remember even after um, the trade happened that a lot of people were like, this is going to be the year he breaks out. This is going to be mm-hmm. the year he breaks out. Uh, and so uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't see him breaking out, um, <laughs> if, 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 if at all. Um, I, now, that being said, I have no doubt he'll crush the White Sox. I have no doubt. Probably, he will, probably. He will yeah. something like, you know, 840 would just he will not you they will not be able to get him out and but no i i i don't know about against everyone else yeah i i predict a very high on base percentage for mazara because a white box pitching is going to pitch around him um i'm (laughs) yeah i'm picturing something just like a uh like a 400 plus on base percentage against white Sox pitching (laughs) go ahead chris i was just saying there's not we all think he's going to make the roster, but it's not necessarily a guarantee. They only gave him like one and a half million dollars. I mean, that was the, the deal. That's about right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, the, the other option is to send Victor Reyes to Toledo, which they can do. Uh, it's no big deal. But uh, 
me on the radio notes there, I, I, I just say that there are people who think that Victor Reyes is better than Nomar Mazar, and it's not that crazy to think about. I mean, he, Victor Reyes can at least play all three outfield positions. I, I, that would put him ahead of him, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, like, well, the big appeal of Mazzara was that he had a left handed bat. So, mm -hmm. um, and that he was definitely going to be used as a, a platoon guy uh, with uh, Adam Engel. Uh, so, I guess, like, my question is uh, yeah, uh, when it comes to the Tigers lineup, are, you know, you guys like that hard up for left handed bats? Is there kind of a surplus, a huge well, need? Well, so, What's interesting, I mean, the, the Rule 5 kid we're talking about, Akil Badu, has really put a wrench into all this because he's a left-handed, right. you know, he hasn't, he played 30 games in high A two years ago. Uh, and that's that's the height of his, uh, his league so far. Like nobody, he's got good tools, but nobody really expected to come in and, and win a job. I thought maybe, like, he, he performed really poorly and they could trade for him. Uh, but he's been, like, their best hitter in spring training. And he's got, he's tied for the lead in home runs. With the, He's got the most steals. Uh, and he's a left-handed hitter, and then Reyes is a switch hitter, and they've got Willie Castro's a switch hitter, Candelario's a switch hitter, so they don't necessarily need, I mean, they could always use left-handed power, but they're not, like, dying to have left-handed hitters. Uh, even Nico Goodrum is a left uh, a switch hitter, so, um, yeah, I don't know. He could be the odd man. We'll, we'll see what happens. But in terms of a, from a power presence, we're talking about a team that hasn't had a 20 home run or 20 home run hitter since 2016, and that was Miguel Cabrera. And so I think the reason why I thought my rationale when I did the piece back in December about him projecting to be in the lineup or for the Tigers to make a play is because they were interested in him before the White Sox made a trade for him last year. And so I, it, well, at the front office tends to, when they like their guys, they like their guys and they try to stick to a, almost type, which Robbie Grossman kind of broke that type a little bit when they signed him. But Grossman, we don't know. The, the one thing about Robbie Grossman is, was his numbers last year a mirage or is a model of consistency going forward? And so the Tigers outfield is not good, not the White Sox in terms of just from a power standpoint either. So I think as hate, I hate to say this, but just because the Tigers are not spending at all, they're not, they had to sell it. I'm not trying to say like Mazzaro is like a small, well, I can't say that, but it's just, they really weren't going to go after George Springer. They weren't going to get somebody like that. And so bargain shopping and and it's like you know get the, those dvds that right before you know you, you ever go to the gas station see dvds and so you know what the hell is going on that's how, <laughs> how it is with that like that's how they are sometimes with that kind of stuff and um again it's just you know you guys have had better experience with him than we have and so i'm i, I don't even, more even like more, more, more experience yeah yeah but it's <laughs> and, I, and i do apologize you know we're coming from our high apologize. horse of uh of, of our great uh replacement for nomar mazara adam eaton our big uh yeah oh my god yeah adam eaton uh, lives like two minutes from my house really really yeah, he lives in in random middle uh mid-michigan for some reason well wow. this is what is what remember his random as hell yeah, it's fun fact. His wife actually went to the same high school I did, and okay. she was a very she was a very good softball player. She this is the Adam Eaton podcast. Yeah, so that mean <laughs> no his wife his, his wife no. is his wife was part of the largest winning streak in school history in her softball team, and she got recruited by University of Michigan. I think the the softball team. This is after I graduated high school. They went like thirty six and zero or something like that. They were ridiculously Whoa. good. Yeah, and dang. Yeah, well, I went to a I went to a Catholic school, but fun fact was I didn't find this out till later that they locked in the tuition for everybody from the first grade to twelfth grade, which you're not supposed to do when you get to high school. You're supposed to charge more, 
So that's the reason why my school became a powerhouse all of a sudden nowhere is because they were able to keep people at a cheaper rate. We need to, I we mean, need to just like eating facts. <laughs> <laughs> At meat and facts. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah, that's probably why it was in the area. So that's our non that was a non sequitur there that we decided we went off on for whatever reason. Yeah, but uh not that not you apologize. But uh yeah, so at any rate, um it the the, the last the last thing I wanted to wrap up the podcast with is in terms of predictions right now. I know that it's like the hot take thing to do to kind of like lay up a prediction, but I'll start with you, Janice. In terms of where you see the White Sox finishing this year, based off the rotation, based off a very good, I think a really good, to me at least, a good farm system that's got some more positional talent depth than Detroit does, that can be ready to go. I'm not sure how many of the prospects are ready to be right on the cusp, but where do you see the White Sox finishing this year? Oh, man. Um, I, I think the division is definitely winnable for the White Sox this year. Um, probably uh, the biggest competition always and probably will be uh, for a little while is uh, the Twins. Uh, so we've spent many hours on our podcast kind of dissecting the Twins and uh, say where they match up to the White Sox and where they uh, will possibly be a pains in the neck in the future. Uh, but also too, uh, there's like similar pains in the neck, uh, throughout the entire AL central as well. Uh, so, uh, just being, uh, really scarred from last year, uh, I think, uh, yeah, Cleveland is also going to be a giant pain in the ass too. Um, that one, two of Cesar Hernandez and Jose Ramirez do not want, um, Continuing on, though, uh, just I, I feel as if especially just looking forward to the playoffs, those uh, those division series are going to be so incredibly crucial. Uh, yeah, uh, just given just the state of injury so far, uh, I, I feel as if, yeah, the White Sox, like the, 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 there's no excuse as to why they can't win the division and they should be at least be able to advance to the ALCS. Like that's exactly like where I think they should be. Uh, and, and that's kind of where everyone expects them to do, too. Um, I, I feel as if, I mean, that there's been years of tanking, years of rebuilding. Uh, and so uh, kind of like what uh, I had a, a friend of mine who runs the Cleveland a podcast last night was he, he basically was like, the White Sox are there. The White Sox are here. And I was like, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, but you, you kind of lose perspective. You, you kind of lose sight, just kind of years and years of like losing seasons. And I think like last year might've been the only season where they've finished above 500 in quite a while. Uh, I think uh, even in 2019, uh, any time the White Sox would be even approaching 500, it would be this gi giant joke. It would just be just, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just something just like completely out of reach. Uh, so uh, I, I think at this point, uh, yeah, I, I think it's time for uh, the White Sox fan base in general uh, to expect more out of this team. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think, you know, before I'll just, kind of separated a little bit just with the the injury news today but before the injury you know I was looking at the division and I was sort of thinking even as close as the Sox and the Twins can kind of be right at the top I think I gave I would have given the Sox an edge and showed it could be biased or whatever but I think really that lineup is just pretty terrifying especially with Aloy in it um, I think that now maybe that edge the slight edge that I would have given the Sox as a, as a roster overall um, without Aloy probably drops it back down to even and, and, and we'll see, um, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit less, um, that said, as I said earlier, and we've kind of been talking about throughout, I still think that this roster is incredibly strong. 
Um, I, as Janice mentioned, even just, it's just weird for me to like accept that going into a season with these kinds of expectations. Um, and so when, you know, hopefully, hopefully they, they come hot out of the gate and, um, they stay healthy, but I, I think that the division, even with the injury today to Aloy, um, the division should absolutely, absolutely be, um, you know, theirs for the taking as far as expectations. Um, and I think a lot of that's just going to depend on starting rotation health. Um, they've got a good amount of depth in the bullpen where if a couple of guys get, you know, knocked around there, which we'll see what happens. Um, and again, I just think that lineup is is too good to to take too much of a hit, even with Aloy out of it. So, um, yeah, my expectation, I'll just say, I, I think uh, my expectation and maybe what the team's expectations should be are a little bit different. Um, but at least I'd say that to say that they should win the division, I'd say should be a, um, def- definitely the team's expectation. Uh, I, I'll sort of believe it when I see it. Cause last season was, they were in a great position, even in the shortened season to, to take the division. Uh, they they threw it away. They yeah. Threw it away. They threw it away. So um, I don't know, like, I can't say right now, Oh, I think they're definitely going to win it. But if I'm being honest, I think that they absolutely could and probably, and, and certainly should. So, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's a, the, the in terms of even Cleveland, people forget that Cleveland still has that really good pitching staff. And I mean, despite or being gone, Jose Ramirez, yeah, he's another Tiger Killer too. That can just every time I just, I just think of his name, it's just like ah. Same ah! here. You, you, you and you and me both. Yeah, Jose oh, Ramirez yeah. just makes me like, oh my goodness. It's just so it makes me so angry. <laughs> hands in your, he never changes his expression either. He's got that same face no matter what's going on. Yeah. And it's just and he just yeah, murders he, everybody he, that he faces. He's like <laughs> he's like the Kawhi Leonard of baseball in a way. He's yeah. just kind of just always <laughs> expressionless and just like I wonder if his laugh is the same way though. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just wonder if he's got that laugh too. It's just the uh yeah, but um my favorite, by the way, non sacador again, the my favorite Kawhi Leonard, the NBA, uh, NBA on NBC oh, yeah. Music. You ever seen the matchup? You ever hear that, Janice? <laughs> it's incredible. Yes. Yeah, no. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I, I may, maybe. I, it's uh, I, I can't remember. Oh, oh it's good. man. When it, it's pulling it's, it up. Yeah, I'm pulling it up because you know, screw it. Because you have to hear it. Um, it's one of those things where I, 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 Cleveland's bullpen too has also gotten better. I mean, again, they. I've talked about this with Jeff Ellis on Locked on Indians too. He's talking about the outfield. It's gotten better. And they, Cleveland's farm system too. I mean, Tristan McKenzie is going to come up this year. I thought he was really good against Detroit last year. Um, and so I, I don't know, like that. I can't count out them at all. And, and even with Ray, uh, Jose Barrios too, that's another variable too. If Barrios can get on his game, yeah. I mean, it just, it gives the twins another an element. I don't even know where you're sitting at. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I've I've never heard that before. (laughs) That's fantastic. Oh man, I'll I'll send the link. I'll DM you the link because I think I I think I want to use that as like 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 workout hype music now. (laughs) 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 It randomly. Ahead, I, and the thing that always made me feel bad for Kawhi uh, uh, with that is like, this is a guy who has obviously like, he doesn't, he doesn't give away anything really um, doesn't, you know, in interviews and whatnot. And the one time, the one time he shows like a little emotional, like a laugh, just a laugh in He's an interview, exploited. it becomes yeah. meme. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's, 
that that randomly came up um i was doing something at work and i was doing a presentation i had music playing and it came up on a playlist i made on youtube and all of a sudden um it got really quiet and then you hear him say that and all and all my bosses look up when you're like and like it's just a bunch of i work my my day job is a financial institution they're looking at like what the hell was that and so but uh yeah yeah, like I said, it's going to be a very competitive year for the White Sox, and, and I think they're going to win a division easily. I think that even a team like – I think the team like the Royals are going to be a pain in the ass to them for a reason because yeah. I think the Royals are going to – the Royals have enough pitching to where even for whatever reason, I just think of like – the White Sox, correct me if I'm wrong, don't they – when they go to Kansas City, they don't really play well in, over at Coffin, do they? They no, don't. You're right. They don't, yeah. yeah. And so I think that's with the whites and the, again, the Royals are not exactly, they're not going to be, they're not good, but they're also not bad. They have some, they have some developing talent. So I think there's going to be a team that you see the White Sox coming, winning four in a row. And for whatever reason, they get swept by the Royals and you're just like, so. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 that's a recurring theme throughout history. Uh, it, it just seems as if, uh, yeah, yeah. Even good White Sox teams lose against the Royals. Uh, the, the, yeah. That's just sort of like a, a trailing constant over the course of time. We, I think we we've come to accept it as White Sox fans. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just happy that like Billy Butler no longer plays baseball. He haunts me at times. Just as like all those names from some of those teams that just the White right. Sox could just never get out, and, and it didn't uh, matter. Lo- yeah, Lorenzo Cain was another one of them. Uh, so yeah. love the guy, like love him on the Brewers, but total White Sox killer back in the day. Yeah. I mean, I'm dating myself here, but a guy like Kevin Apier when he was uh, pitching for the Royals, and then even when Johnny Damon was a Royal, I mean, people forget that I mean, he just same Jermaine Die. So, Jermaine Die. Oh yeah, Jermaine Die. There we go. Although uh, Chicago, yeah, famous. Yeah, them and, and you know Bo Jackson too. That's another former Royal White Sox connection too. So, um, what do you guys want to? Uh, this is the time of the podcast at the end where do you guys want to plug what do you guys have coming up and by the way how are you doing your bracket janice um oh I, are you talking about the the 108 tourney the 108 tourney so explain <laughs> oh yeah so explain the 108 tourney oh to, my god to tiger fans that by the way i i because i saw that your 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 retreat of using the uh the comedian from TikTok and it cracked me up. <laughs> um but this 108 tournament sounds pretty epic and pretty sweet. So what is this all yeah. about? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so I, I've I've already had to explain uh, the tournament to my therapist. So I, I definitely have this like card in the in, in my back pocket already. Uh, but essentially, uh, the 108 tourney is a tournament organized by uh, this White Sox fan group called From the 108. Uh, so, uh, Section 108 at Guaranteed Rate Field is a section uh, in right field of, of the ballpark uh, that is. Uh, famously infamously known for uh, being blocked by a giant foul pole uh, so so the views from the 108 are definitely limited uh, so that, that that's kind of the running gag there uh, so you you might see um, you know the, the whole idea of you know 108ing means that you know you're, you're, you're pretty much just there to drink uh, you've got an entire like giant ass foul pole in front of you you might as well just get drunk uh, so <laughs> 
so, so that's where the concept of 108ing comes from. Uh, so essentially, this tournament, uh, the the uh, the chairman of uh, from the 108, uh, th th they take a lot of the the big accounts from White Sox Twitter. So they take media personalities, beat writers, uh, just people who are content creators. Uh, they, they, they picked uh, yours truly. Uh, so I'm in the tournament this year. Uh, and uh, yeah, you, you vote in Twitter polls. And there's a bracket. Uh, it's it's all very detailed, and it's all very uh, in in some cases cutthroat. In some cases, it's a really friendly competition. Uh, my opponent uh, today, a uh, really sweet girl by the name of Peyton, uh, she won her last round by doing a very clean bong rip. Uh, so 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 much <laughs> like much respect to her. Uh, she she didn't bong rip actually she like she didn't create another bong rip video I, I feel as if that would have put me underground if, if she would have done that um, but uh, yeah uh, essentially uh, I I won my last round uh, so I'll be advancing uh, and uh, I think like the, the next matchup which I believe is the day after tomorrow uh, I'll be going up against an appoint uh, an opponent in the finals for my bracket in particular. Uh, so th th that is the 108 tournament, which, which it, it's essentially, yeah, uh, a popularity contest on Twitter to, to boil it all down. I, I didn't get into the 108 uh, tournament this year, but I am actually in the Elite Eight of the NIT, the 108 NIT, which is not as talked about. <laughs> um, but I mean, I won, I won the 108 CBI last year, and and they were you know new coach whatever, and so this year didn't make the didn't make the NCAA tournament of the 108. But we're making a run in the NITs. I think next year might be uh, might be the the chance to really win it. Well, yeah. Not Sam, win it all, but well, let me ask you a question: Did you run ISO the whole time, or was it more like the uh, <laughs> the infamous Rick Patino full court press that he's run every oh, yeah. you know in certain tournament we, time? Yeah. We've been trying a lot of different things. I mean, like like I said, when you're when you're in the NIT, it's just about getting 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 some experience out there and and showing the guys what it's like to you know play in, in a postseason. Um, but I think they're afraid. I think that they've got me circled for next season as, as kind of like the up and comer. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens. You know, wait, the, <laughs> you know, the classic, uh, pick and roll kind of thing, you know, and, uh, you can do the, what's it trying to think of, uh, was it Stockton Malone? Do you have a kind of that combo there for yourself? Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I try to think of other basketball cliches and I could think of easy ones for Chicago or for Chicago, the bulls, but as a, uh, Pistons fan, look, I will say this as a Pistons fan, I have much more respect for Jordan than I've ever had after watching the last dance. And so, um, but growing up, I was oddly enough attracted to Northwestern basketball because Ricky Birdsong was a coach at UAD Mercy before he went down to Northwest. And unfortunately, the way he passed away was sucked. But anyway, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, I actually I, I live in Evanston. And so I, I know oh, really? all well, about okay. Yeah, I, I know all about uh, Ricky Birdsong. Uh, they they actually do a, a 5k in his memorial every year. here. Oh, well, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. oh, who is that? Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> Charlie, he was, it's Charlie. It's actually his birthday. But um, happy birthday, Charlie. Can you hear yeah. me? I'm going to want to yell at him. Happy birthday. Every time we that. do a podcast, he, he gets stuck down here in the basement with me and he just decides to attack all his chew toys and plastic things. <laughs> so if you hear thumping in the background, that's him. I was trying to stop him and then he just started like growling, making like fart noises. So I was like, oh, like, I don't hear a single thing. Like, not, not like actual farts. Like, no, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, he's not too bad with that anymore. We changed his food. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, d dog farts are yeah certainly um, yeah I wonder to behold. I have a dog too. She's not here right now though, but her, her I guarantee you her farts can be rancid. Yeah, my Other dog will just responsible with their dogs and more <laughs> professional than me. My dog just shows up every podcast. Yeah, well, yeah, Lucy's in another room. She'll be same thing, farting up a storm in there because. I've given her food when I'm not supposed to, but anyway. Um, but yeah, if, if if there's any articles, do you guys want to promote or anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, totally. Uh, so our podcast, uh, we actually just recorded before we jumped in here with you guys. Uh, we, we recorded with, uh, yeah, the uh, the Angels writer for SB Nation, uh, just basically previewing uh, the first four games of the season. Uh, that episode should be dropping tomorrow. Uh, so check it out on SouthsideSox.com. Um, you can follow the podcast at Northside Sox Pod. Uh, I've got a couple of stuff, a couple of stuff, couple of things, couple of, yeah. I, I have a couple of things coming out next week. Um, uh more White Sox related, but I also cover the greater scope of baseball as well. Uh, I had a Baltimore Orioles article come out this past week. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, so I'll also uh, just have a myriad of things, but I, I uh, promote all my stuff on my personal Twitter. Um, it's Scuriosa, S-C-U-R-I-I-O-S-A. Sam, you got anything? Yeah, uh, I think this weekend, it's my birthday's on Tuesday, so <laughs> I think I'm going to maybe drink like a bottle of um, maybe like bullet bourbon or something like a fifth. I'll take that down. Um, so that's my plug. Just like pray for me. <laughs> is, is my... <laughs> All right. I was going to say something like, I was, I was going to say something like uh, drink some old style or a steel reserve or something like that. Like just, uh, yeah, that was, one weekend, that was one weekend I spent in Chicago when I went to go see the Michigan Northwestern game. Was to see Jim Harbaugh's first, like one of the first seasons when it was a rain, it was raining outside at Ryan field and I was blown away how Ryan Field looked like something like a, a glorified high school stadium because it was like, this is it? This is yeah. <laughs> Ryan Field? What the hell is this? And then taking a train back, and we were drinking the entire time. And this is my mid-30s. I'm like, oh, yeah, my, my buddy Chris, for whatever reason, newly married, was like, let's go dancing. What the hell are you talking about? Dancing. We're <laughs> dancing. We're <laughs> 34 years old. You're a surgeon. What the hell are we gonna go dancing? He's I just got out of the house and da da da. And then cut off the dance floor. Yeah. So we, say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were yeah, drinking. Exactly. I was. I spent the whole weekend drinking because I was just didn't, the the fact that we had to do that. But anyway, can recover the same way. And we spent the whole time getting got some really good Chinese food. I can't remember where we got it from, but he lived. My buddy lived um, not too far away from Lakeshore, and it was such a good time. But anyway. Uh, I barely survived that weekend drinking just to stay warm because we were we were soaked from the rain from that Northwestern Michigan game and that was such a crap game too. I think there was like ten or fifteen drop passes and oh my man yeah so but yeah thanks so much for joining us we really appreciate it and check out all our great content over MotorCityBangles.com. Chris has got that you got a Swift sixteen article you got coming out Chris soon. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna try to put it out tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's just basically uh, your rooting guy for the Sweet 16 based on Tigers from those schools. Oh, yeah, that's right. That, that's pretty good. Cool. That's that's that is pretty well, that's awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah, you should have checked that out. That sounds pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, I can write it well. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, <laughs> make my case for uh, Tarek Subal to make the Rookie of the Year because he was in part of the conversation. So check that out. All the great content. Also, uh, give a give a shout out to Uper who wrote a really touching piece about his father who passed away last week and not to end the podcast on a sour note, but you part of our minor league report podcast. And 
he's a good dude and the way he wrote in honor of his dad was very touching very uh, a, a nice tribute and so that hit home closer to me for reasons that everyone knows who listens to the podcast so um but yeah that that was really well done by you so check out all the great content on we'll see you next week have a good week everybody